0: to understand but I... It stands before me, and I'm covered with His blood.
1: that song, and I'll tell you what, it's its the truth. You don't know what tomorrow holds, and they get different all the time. And, uh, you know, I, I looking at this, uh, my being here for my granddaughter's dedication, it just seems like it was yesterday I just got married, and you know, 30-some years have passed, and now I'm a grandfather, and uh, I've got nine grandkids. Boy, I just, that's something my remember The first time I met my wife, uh, uh, her dad came down to pick up a uh, there was a singing group singing at our church uh, that his uh, older daughter sang in and my cousin sang in and he brought her down to pick them up. And I remember she was 11 years old and I was 15. And uh, Boy, you know what, so now you know how, I won't tell you how old she is, but I'm 56. Uh, so if you've got mathematics, you'll figure that out. But. I'll tell you what, a lot of wonderful things have happened. Been some good days, been some hard days, but I'll tell you what, we know who holds tomorrow. And I know one of these tomorrows we're going to be with the Lord. Amen. That's going to be a wonderful day, and I'm looking forward to that day. Well, it's about time for us to dismiss them. I'm used to my church. We start earlier at our church, and I'm usually done right about now. So, <laughs> but anyway, so... So, I, I just, whenever I see the clock at that time, I think it's about time for the invitation. But, yeah, I appreciate uh, y'all having me here. I appreciate my son uh, so very much. Uh, the ministry God's brought him to. When God called him over here, I had mixed emotions about it. Uh, you know, I like, I'm a family guy. I like having my family near me. And when he said he wanted to go, I, I thought, Lord, you got to, and I won't tell the whole story, but God worked a miracle to show that he needed to go. And I said, I said, well, I didn't mind him going so much, but I hated him taking my grandkids with him. You know, I mean, because I like, I like being around them. And one thing wonderful about being a grandparent, is you get to just enjoy them and play with them and then send them home. You know, that's, a, that's an exciting thing. But I, I wanted to, since it was a dedication day, I wanted to, the verse that I always read at the dedications is one that was quoted a little bit earlier. If you have your Bibles, go to the book of Psalms 127. I'm going to read Whole chapter there, it's just a short one, but it says in Psalms one twenty-seven, starting in verse number one, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain to build it, except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat bread of sorrow, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward, as arrows in the hands of a mighty man so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with enemies in the gates. Father, I pray You'd bless today. Help me, Lord, to preach Your Word clearly. And God, I pray You'd fill me with Your Spirit and Your power. And God, I pray You'd open the hearts of the people here today to hear Your Word. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Children are an heritage of the Lord. As I was thinking about this service we're going to have. I I thought of what a blessing that children are to our lives. I was so excited with every child God gave me. Amen. I mean that. I mean, it was a joy. I know Tom was our first. He was uh, my, my son. And we had next four daughters after that, and if you ever look at pictures, he looks sadder every time because he had more sisters and I understand that I grew up with four sisters and four brothers, so I had four of each, and I always tell people, you know I, I was raised with four sis- older sisters than me. I raised four daughters i 've been married thirty four years. And I can show you right here what I've learned about women. Right there on the back, you see? See that? Nothing. I haven't figured them out yet. (laughs) Okay. Uh, That's a nice joke, ladies. I'm just kidding. But, uh, But anyhow, families are a wonderful thing, and children are a heritage of the Lord. The word heritage actually means an inheritance, an estate that passed from an ancestor to an heir by descent or course of law, objects of special care, by God. God says, I've given you an inheritance. I've given you something that's going to last beyond you. And I know that even after I'm gone from this world, my family is still going to continue. And it's going to keep on going. And that's a blessing. And my goal for life, I'll say this, is not just that God would give me children, but that God would give me saved children. I'll tell you what, there's no greater reward. I won't know my total reward in heaven. It won't be just when I get there. My greatest reward in heaven is when I see my kids come. And then I see my grandkids come. And I'm hoping to even see my great grandkids come. And if the Lord tarries, my great great grandkids, I'm hoping. I always say, if the Lord waits a long time, I'm Tom number one, he's Tom two, and we've got Tom three. And I'm hoping Tom number ten still gets saved and goes to heaven. And I, my, my sister just sent me a picture here a while back. She's been doing a, like a heritage thing of our family. And she showed me a picture from way back in the 1800s of a grandmother. That I had the I can't even remember her name now, but uh, it was from way way back, uh, hundreds of years ago, and it was kind of, I don't know, but it looks like she's holding the Bible in her hand, and I thought you know that's that, that's nice to think that maybe I had a great 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 grandma who was back there praying someday for a little boy who would get saved and become a Christian, and and so the family is a wonderful wonderful gift that God has given us, and God tells us that children are very special to Him. And that they should be very special to us. And I want to say this. My kids did not turn out great because I'm great. They turned out great because I have a great God who answers prayers. And we need to trust. There's no perfect parent in this world. Uh, But we have a perfect God that we can trust in and believe in. And so God says that... They are very special uh, to us, but not just as parents, uh, as the people of the church. And this morning I want to look at what every child in this building uh, should have as an inheritance, what they ought to inherit from us. Well, we know this that they have a caring God. Amen. That God loves her. That when Jesus came to this earth, when this earth was created, God was looking to the year 2014 when that little girl would be born. And He was looking to the day that she would grow up to an age where she could get saved. And God said He so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have eternal life. When Jesus went to the cross, the Bible said He endured the cross despising the shame. Why? Because He was looking at eternity. He looked at 1966 when this boy would get saved. He looked at the year my son would get saved. He looked at the year you would get saved. He looked at this day today. And God said, we have a caring God. And that's a fantastic heritage to know that God cares about you. And let me say this, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. God loves you. And God wants to save you. Amen. I think that's wonderful. There's a lot of people out there thinking, I'm just too bad. Listen, there's nobody that's too bad to get saved. Amen. Thank God for that. I love, I love the, the story of the Apostle Paul. He said he was the chief among sinners. And I believe it. And I, one of my favorite stories is the story of the thief on the cross. He's hanging on the cross. He's dying. At first, he was cursing at Christ. And then later on, he realized what was going on. He looked at Jesus and said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And guess what? When he died, Jesus said, what did He say? Today you'll be with me where? In paradise. In paradise. He said, "Listen, here's a, uh, an evil man dying on a cross because he deserved it. And why did Jesus say? You're going to be in heaven today. That's right. Amen. That's exciting. Guess what? He, I think you ought to get baptized if you're not if you're saved. Mm. But baptism's not what gets you to heaven. Amen. You ought to go to church, but church isn't what gets you to heaven. Trusting Christ as your Savior is what gets you to heaven." And thank God He did that. He gave His heart to Christ. And He didn't, he didn't have to go, He didn't have to take uh, the Lord's Supper. I think you ought to do that. Amen? You know, all those things are things we ought to do, but that's not what gets you to heaven. What gets you to heaven is understanding you're a sinner and that God died on the cross to pay the price of your sin. Amen. And that ought to we have a God who cares about me. And I, I think about that. God cares about me. The Bible said in First uh, 1 Peter 5 7, Cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And I want to say this not only does he care about you getting saved, he cares what you're going through right now. Okay? I know everybody goes through lots of different things in life. God cares about what you're going through. Uh, he cared enough to give us, first of all, his son. Thank God for the black. I, I can understand. I believe again, I won't know until that day comes if, or hopefully it won't, but if I think I'd be willing to give my life to save someone else's life. but I'd, it'd be awful hard to give my child's life to save someone's life. I don't think I could do that. Listen, I'd risk my life, but I'm going to do everything I can to protect my kids. God gave his only begotten son. That's showing us a love that is beyond comprehension and that God gave His Son Jesus for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him. He gave us another wonderful gift. This book right here. God gave us the Scripture. The Bible said, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit of joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Folks, everybody, you ought to read this book, but not only read it, God said you ought to study it. Study to show thyself approved. And I don't know if you ever look up the definition of words, but the word study is something I can't do for you. I can preach to you, but I can't study for you. You've got to get in this book. Jesus said this, Search the Scripture for in them you think you have eternal life. He said, well, I'm going to go just by what my preacher says. You ought to listen to your preacher, but you ought to confirm it with this book. Amen. You've got to go by this book. It's not just by what... Well, this is what I think. Well, what does God say? It's not what I think. It's what God says. And God said, I've given you the Scripture. And I always tell people this, Listen, if you have an argument with me, that's fine. I said, but let's sit down and I can take you from Genesis to Revelation and show you why I believe what I believe. And I can give you scripture. And if you can show me scripturally where I'm wrong, guess what? I'll change. Because guess what? I found out even after I've been preaching now for 38 years, I still learn stuff every time I read this book. God shows me stuff constantly. And those times I'll be reading and praying or listening to a preacher. And, and it's like God say, there's something else you need to change in your life. There's something else you need to do different. Guess what? Because none of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. And we all, I believe, I'm hope, I always say this, I'm, it's like a, a hill. I hope I'm always going uphill and not backsliding. But I won't reach perfection until God calls me out of this world. I've got to understand that. But this God's given us this book. Uh, God's given us other people, servants, people that we can look at and, and uh, trust in. And I could give you lots of stories about men of God who made a difference uh, in my life. I will. I like telling the one. I was an eight-year-old boy when I got saved. I came come out of a rough background in our family. And uh, my uncle... Uh, Brother Virgil Graham was a pastor, and he he came down and did a revival at our church. And he saw something i was 15 at that time—he saw something in me that I was trying to do right. And so he asked my mom, "Could could Tom come stay with us for a while?" And I got to go stay with my uncle. And I'll tell you what—that man made a difference in my life, changed me around. I saw I, he was—that was what I would say the first real strong Christian I ever saw in my life and what a difference he made in my life and I could name many other people uh, who were examples to me that I looked at and God says that we have a God who cares enough and I believe God saw that in me I believe God looked down and and I believe that's why he brought him down there and why he let him see something in me and encouraged him to have me come because God saw that young boy that 15 year old boy I came as I said there were 9 of us kids I'm the only one that never got arrested I'll say this, I'm not the only one that didn't deserve it, but I'm the only one that didn't get it. And, you know, because I had a lot of alcohol was a problem with a lot of my family members and different things, drugs and things like that. But again, God saved me and God changed me. And and thank God He brought Brother Graham into my life. And then He brought other people into my life. My cousin Ken, uh, he was uh, six months older than me and, and he was a good, godly young man and he helped me to do the right things. And on and on I could go. And that's what everybody here needs to understand. You need to be that... For this little girl that just got dedicated today, and all these little kids that are here today. You need to be an example of them. Secondly, uh, the thing that God gave us as a heritage, as part of our reward, is what we ought to have, it's good to have, is a committed family. Psalm 78, verse 4 through 6, says, We will not hide them from their children, showing the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. For He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which He commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. We ought to have a committed family. When my wife and I got married, we didn't know how many kids we were going to have or even if we were going to have kids. But we make promise If we have kids We're going to raise them for God We're always going to take them to church We're going to teach them the Bible There's things we're not going to let them do I know this world tells you to Just let people do what they want You need to have some rules in your family You need to have some regulations You need to watch for things And there's my, my kids we, uh, the, Tom can tell you that I don't know if there was Ever uh, We almost never, if The only time we missed church Was because of a major, major emergency When my mom died we, in fact, we were there already at the hospital with her, ready to go to church when she died. And, uh, and so we stayed there with the family, but we were ready to go to church. Church was a very important thing in our family. We read the Bible. We taught our kids the Bible. We told them that there's things we, I didn't want in their life. There's things that I knew about that I wish I'd never knew about. God said we ought to be simple concerning evil. Amen. Amen. Nowadays, us kids, little bitty kids know more about the filth and garbage of this world than I did when I was almost 20 years old. Why? Because it's being shown on television. It's on the computers. And now they can carry it around on a phone with them and find out things that we could have never seen used to. Uh, if you wanted to go to a dirty movie or something, you had to be 21 years old. And you had to go out to a, a place to go. That now you can pick up your phone and put a couple buttons on it and see something. I'll tell you what, that, that's dangerous. I, I know people get sick of me talking about phones and computers and stuff, but here's what I'll say. I'm not against having them, but I'm, just, and I'm a gun man. I believe in having guns, but I'm not going to let my kids play with a gun. Amen. And I don't believe any kid ought to have a telephone. Amen. All the kids are going to hate me. But I just don't believe they ought to have it. I think you ought to be prepared, and you need to be ready, and you need to be guarded, and you need to be directed about what to do because just like if little kids are all running around with pistols, Somebody's going to get shot around here. And if they're playing with things they ought not to be playing with, they're going to end up getting themselves in trouble. And so uh, God said we need to have a committed family. We need to understand that uh, God needs to trust us. This is one of the greatest compliments in the Bible that God gave to a man in Genesis chapter 18. Verse 19 said, For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall... Keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken to him. God said, I trust Abraham so much, I know he's going to take care of his kids properly. It's wonderful to be a believer in God, but I wonder, does God believe in you? Think about that. God believed in Abraham. Listen, I wonder, can God believe in this church? Can God believe in the members of this church? Can He trust you to do the right things? To do that, you need to have a personal relationship with God. The Bible said, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. To train means to exercise, to discipline, to teach, to form by practice, to educate, to draw, to entice. God said you ought to be offering your children something. From an example in you, they ought to be able to look at you, and they ought to be able to see you, and they ought to be, I, I, Some of you might remember a commercial. I don't know if it's still on or not, but years ago they had a commercial which showed this dad and his son, and they're out doing all this stuff together. And then they sit down by a tree, and the dad gets a cigarette out and puts it in his mouth and drops it down. And then they show the little boy to pick up the cigarette. Does anybody remember that that old commercial uh, that they? And it was trying to teach parents: your kids do what you do. Your kids act like you act. And you may be doing something you may not be paying a lot of attention to, uh, but uh, you need to have a personal responsibility. You need to be a committed family. And notice, to train up a child, uh, that's like being a coach. That means you've got to take time. God said we ought to teach stuff diligently to our children. Morning, noon, and night, we ought to be doing things on purpose to try to show, people, or show kids the way to live. They ought to see a personal experience in our life. Deuteronomy 4.9 says, Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thou thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. But teach them to thy sons and thy sons' sons, especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, uh, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together and I will make uh, them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, that they may teach their children. God said teach your kids. Everybody here, and I don't care, even though it's to teach your children's children. Thunder. Okay? Guess what? There's nobody in this world greater than a grandpa. So how do you know? That's what I've convinced all my grandkids of, <laughs> or grandma. <laughs> but the point, you know, I try to tell them, you know, cause they're going to watch their grandpa, and I don't want to give them a bad example. I don't want to do things wrong, and we got a great grandpa here. And I tell you what, that, that's that's. That, uh, that's wonderful when you've got a great grandpa who's an example and a grandpa who's an example and a dad and a mom who's an example and, and things of that nature boy what a difference that can make uh, in a personal person's life we need to take personal responsibility I like what Joshua said uh, that he said that he was going uh, he said that they could choose today who they were serving but, but he was going to uh, that he was going to teach his children and he was going to train his children he said as for me and my house, we might serve the Lord. No, he said we will serve Amen. the Lord. We're going to do that. And I'll give you a couple of things real quickly. Here's why parents are getting in trouble today. And listen, I hate to say it, we're losing this next generation. It's, it's I'm horrified for them. You folks that are my age or older, in the 1950s and 60s, we thought They thought that was kind of a bad time, but compared to the age we're living in now, that was almost angelic. The things When I went to a public school, we prayed at school. We sang gospel songs at school. We pledged allegiance to the flag at school and things of that nature. That there were rules that we had to live by at the public school that, that we lived by. And, and some of you remember this. Back in those days, things weren't open on Sunday. You know, why? Because Sunday was the Lord's Day. You know, and, and things of that nature, but now we're living uh, where it's considered horrible if you even talk about God publicly. And that, that our leaders of our country are almost anti-Christ and anti-God. And anti, you know, everybody's got a right to... They, they want you to have the right to sin, but they don't want you to have the right to do right. You know, that's a shame that that we're living in an age like that. And uh, I'll give you a couple things real quickly that a lot of parents are ignorant of. Number one, peer power. The people you are now or soon shall be what your friends are. And that's why you've got to be very careful who your kids hang around, who they spend time with, who they're looking at on television. Amen. Because I'll tell you what. When I was a kid, I hate to admit this, but there was a guy that I always looked at on television and stuff that I wanted to be. His name was Elvis. I used to wear my hair that, try to wear my hair like his, and, and all that, and I tried to wiggle like he did, but I never had that ability and <laughs> and stuff. And I, when I was a kid, I used to think, Why, why did I want to be like Elvis? Because I saw him on TV." I saw what he did. I saw all the girls going crazy about him and I thought, hey, I'd kind of like that for all the girls go crazy about me. And so I wanted to be what Elvis was. I was thinking about this. Just think about it. Had I become like Elvis, where would I be right now? I'd be dead. Why He died at what, 42? From too much drugs and stuff in his life. And what a, and I look back now and I see what a miserable life that guy had. And knowing what I know now, I wouldn't want to be anything near like him. I'd rather be the poorest man in the world and have God in my life than to have everything this world has to offer. Be careful about the peer power, the people that are uh, around your kids. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Not just the fools destroyed, but the companion of the fool. We don't identify the perils of life. God said we ought to be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walked about seeking whom he may devour. The devil wants to destroy your kids. Do you understand that? You've got to understand that. He, guess what? He wants to destroy this church. He wants to destroy our morality. He wants to destroy this nation. Why? Because this was a Christian nation. And he wants, that's why he wants to defeat it and destroy it. And he wants to destroy churches today. And that's why he gets them... Well, don't, don't go by God's Word anymore. Go by what feels good to you and do what's right. We need to have a committed family to God. And then one more thing I, I want to give you here real quickly that that every that we need, and I actually heard Tom say something about it. We need to have a consistent church. Uh, Revelation 2.10.11 says, Fear none of those things which shall also suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tired, tried, and that you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath near, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. These kids, they need a good church that they can always go to. They need to see other people who are doing what's right. Uh, A church that's true to God always proclaims the truth about heaven and hell. And folks, I know the world don't like to hear, but there is a hell. If you die without Christ, that's where you're going to spend eternity in a burning lake of fire. And we've got to proclaim that truth about hell. We need to try to point people to heaven. Jesus said he's the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. I'd like to preach my tonight message that I'm going to preach at my church to you. I'll tell you what, I'm afraid that there are way too many people who just think they have salvation. But if you're truly saved, I'll give you one verse that this is what I'm going to be preaching at my church tonight. Examine yourself. God said examine yourself whether you be in the faith. You need to check it out. Not according to what this preacher says, but according in what this book says. There's religious people going to go to hell. There are preachers going to go to hell. God said there will be preachers who say, Lord, we prophesied and did wonderful works. He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. You better be sure you have a true religion. And you need to practice true Christianity. God said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Real Christianity, you know what? We ought to stand out in this world. You know what I see that a lot of people do? It's like they want to be as close to the world as they can and still claim Christ. We ought to be different than the world. Why? Because we're a light. If we were in total darkness right now, just one little light can make a gigantic difference. Has anybody ever been to a, a, a cave where there's no lighting? I'll tell you what, it's dark. I mean, you don't realize what darkness is to you. And I remember the, the first time we went, to, I can't remember what cave it was, it was down in Missouri somewhere where it was a, Uh, at a park and they were taking us down and they turned all the lights out and it was super, super dark in there and you don't realize you know, if we turn all the lights in here it might be a little bit dark but not super dark and then the the lady that was leading us said everybody take your thumb put it on your nose and wiggle your fingers and then they turned the light on and we're all sitting there going like this (laughs) and she was trying to show us we can't see our we couldn't even see our fingers in front of our eyes because of the darkness and listen when you're in that darkness, if you just light a candle, it brightens the whole, whole place up tremendously. And as dark as this world is, God's saying we ought to stand out more than ever. Not only as individuals, but as a church. When people come here, they ought to hear the Word of God. And this little girl, as she grows up, she needs to see a church that is consistent with the truth of the Bible. She needs a dad and a mom that's going to stand for God. She needs grandparents that are going to stand for God. She needs uncles and aunts who will stand for God. She needs friends at church that are going to stand for God and be faithful to God. And and God said "We need to that children are in heretics. Thank God, I don't know how many kids are here today, but thank God for all these kids. And I'll tell you, I'm glad that as an eight-year-old boy, I sat in a church and I heard a preacher preach the truth about salvation. And I came forward and gave my heart to Christ. I'm thankful that years later as a teenager, I heard men of God preach about the truth of God and God spoke to my heart and called me to preach. And I'm glad that I heard those men of God and they were examples to me. And you know what? I'm glad now. I remember um, one of the first preachers I ever, uh, that when I was 17, I heard a guy named Don Green preach. He was... I thought he was a real old man at that time. Looking back, he's younger than I am now. But uh, I heard him preaching, and he had a family of six kids, and they were all serving God. I wasn't even married at the time, but I remember thinking, you know, that guy's got something I want. When I'm as old as he is, I want my kids all to be serving God. And I remember I went forward that day, and I got on my knees and prayed, and I said, God, help me. If I ever get married, God, help me. They have the right wife. Help me if I ever have kids to raise my kids right. And to see them serve God. And, and folks, I don't mean this as bragging, but because I followed His example and the example of other men of God. You know what? Now I'm His age and all my kids are saved. All my kids are serving God. And I praise God for that. You know why? That I had a good example to follow. I did what another guy taught me what to do. And you know what? I hope everybody here will be an example. I've got, I got six grandkids here. I hope you'll all be great examples to them. And then you'll all listen. Nobody's perfect, and here's what happens if you make. Here's, and I've made a few mistakes in my life. Uh, you remember when the last one was about 40 years? No, mistakes. Uh, no we, we, she, she's you know, if you saw her face, you'd know. Uh, we all make mistakes, but here's what when you make a mistake, admit it and get it right. And I tell you what, that's what you, Because if your kids are going to make mistakes, they need to admit it. They need to get it right. Maybe you're here today. If you've never truly been saved, you ought to get saved. Maybe you're a Christian, but you've done some things you shouldn't be doing. You need to get them right with God today. Maybe just make a commitment that God, I'm going to stay faithful and true all the days of my life. As we stand together with our heads bowed and our eyes closed for just a moment, if God spoke to your heart as they come to play the piano, I pray God will...